Welcome to Your Untamed Life, the podcast bringing you stories of transformation, growth, fear, success, alignment, challenges, and more, with the intention to inspire you and light you up to find your unaligned path of transformation and let it unfold in front of you without letting fear hold you back. I'm Amanda Petra, your host and passionate human being. Without further ado, let's get started. Welcome to today's episode. Today we have the beautiful Harmony Jade on. She is the queen of helping women conquer their burnout. So if you've ever felt burnt out or you're feeling burnt out right now, this is truly the episode for you. But otherwise, it's a great story anyways. She was in corporate retail for 20 years and she ended up hitting a wall and hitting massive, massive burnout. You know, she ended up in bed and she got to a point where she didn't want to go on to the deepest sense of those words. But... She got herself out of it, and what that looked like for her was selling everything and changing everything completely. Now, she runs her own business, and she was running House of Harmony Yoga beforehand, running retreats all over, and now she helps women conquer their burnout, but also preemptively work so that you don't end up with burnout, so with self-care, with inner work, and it's beautiful, and it's such a great mission, and I hope you enjoy listening to her story, and I hope you enjoy today's episode. Hi, Harmony. Welcome. Hey. (laughs) So excited to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, no problem. How are you today? I'm amazing. I'm amazing. It's just a hype week for me. It's the week before I launched my first ever epic program. And yeah, I'm just excited to be here. Awesome. So glad to have you. Um, So I'd just love to start if you just want to tell us a little bit about where you were in corporate and where you started. And where you are now. Yeah, it almost um, feels like a lifetime ago. Like it feels like it was someone else. Like it was a, just a dream. <laughs> Quite a um, out-of-body experience. It's kind of weird when you reflect back on how far, how far you've actually come. So my background is actually 20 years in um, corporate retail. So I worked my way up from when I was 14 um, until I was just about 35. Um, And yeah, I spent 20 years in the corporate industry um, in all different job roles from, you know, working on the shop floor to becoming an area manager, cluster manager, and a national manager. And um, yeah, I experienced just the brunt of working stupid hours, like I'm talking 14 to 16 hour days, um, most weeks, regardless of what time of the year it was, you know, if anyone knows retail, it is Uh, There is always something happening in retail. There's no quiet time ever. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, so burnt myself out pretty much. Um, It's just the culture of that industry, um, which I now know, which I resented towards the the end of it. Um, But after experiencing that uh, true burnout by the end of uh, 2018, I just decided enough was enough. I was experiencing severe anxiety, depression, um, and just really, really highly stressed. So I was often man down in bed sick and um, I just couldn't do it anymore. So yeah, I pretty much just decided that something had to change and it had to be me because the industry was never going to change. My understanding is it still hasn't. And um, yeah, five years later, I can sit here and say that um, I've changed my life. So I actually sold my house, quit my job and ended up traveling full time uh, for the year that followed all the way around Australia um, in my custom built caravan, which was epic and amazing. (laughs) Um, 
but yeah, sadly, burnout is what landed me there. But um, epically enough, I managed to turn that around. So yeah, here to share my story in a little bit more detail on what that actually looks like, because it sounds really easy to just go, let's just change and, you know, flip your whole life upside down. But actually, um, you know, the stress of the mental side of it that goes into thinking about how you're going to get out of a black hole like that um, actually took years. <laughs> so um, if anyone else is, is listening and that resonates, um, you know, it feels like there's no way out at, at that point. Um, and I remember having those days where I thought the only way out was to not actually exist anymore, which is really heartbreaking and really sad. And I think at the time too, I was scared to tell anyone that I felt like that because I look like on the surface that I had my shit together. <laughs> now this amazing three bedroom townhouse by the beach, um, you know, in Melbourne on the peninsula and this hugely successful career that I had built myself. I was on a six figure salary and in retail, a lot of people, especially young people don't think that that's possible. Um, I was working for an international retailer and yeah, everything on the surface looked rosy. So it was really hard for me to put my hand up and say, there's actually something wrong here. Um, I'm not okay. And I need help and support and I don't know how to get out of it. Um, so it probably wasn't until I was actually on a holiday uh, with my family in New South Wales and I saw this person down the street um, with one of those wicked campers, one of those ones with all the spray painting and everything on it. And I thought, ooh, I wonder if I could do that. And my friend was actually with me at the time and I said to her, do you think I could do that? And she was like, what? And I was like, sell everything. Just get a van and fuck off. Hopefully you're allowed to swear on this podcast, but you do now. <laughs> um, and That's just right, 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 right. me and just strip back all the other stuff and just 100%, you know, be on my own, in my ele element. And I always thought that I was an adventurous person, but I did nothing but work. All I did was work. I would go to work before the sun came up and I would come home well after the sun had gone down. And I was just this shell of a person. I wasn't who actually I, I thought I was, who I knew I was on the inside. I was being someone else. I was living someone else's life. And so that holiday where I saw this van was really the first time I thought, there's something else I could be doing here. And by seeing those people on the road, it actually kind of gave me a little bit of hope that it was possible for me. So I remember spending the rest of that holiday just like sitting in my camp chair thinking, how could I make this happen? How could I actually make this happen? And I researched trailers, vans, caravans, all the things, and it very much escalated very quickly from just like this little wicked camper van which I thought, okay, yeah, I could probably travel in that for a little bit, but could I live in it full time? So um, after that holiday, I ended up flying from Melbourne to Newcastle. I went to a caravan show in Newcastle and met the brand that I eventually um, had my van made through and which very much escalated from, yeah, let's just spend a couple of thousand dollars on a van to next minute I was buying this, you know, $85,000 caravan. <laughs> That was a custom layout, all the things, and you, uh, everything else that went with it. They say you buy a caravan, you buy a money pit. They weren't really that wrong. That's <laughs> with your um, your little projects. Um, yeah, so that's kind of how I ended up with 
the caravan and then that sort of 12 months of um you know after I made the decision that there was going to be change everything just started falling into place and it wasn't necessarily easy but the decision of choosing to make a change was by far the hardest choice and it was definitely the first time that I had hand on heart said that I'd chosen myself. I had not put anyone else first but myself for the first time ever in my life. I'd been there for my family a lot. My brothers were going through a lot of, um, you know, personal relationship breakups and I was, you know, rescuing them. I would help my grandparents and my parents a lot. And this was the first thing I'd ever really done for myself. And it was a purchase that was so from the heart and not because, well, in fact, quite opposite, uh, you know, I was buying it because no one else I knew was doing it. <laughs> and it wasn't the society norm to be 35 single and go and travel around Australia. You get lots of families do it, but you don't get, you know, single business women traveling around Australia or around the world on their own. Um, so it's definitely something that I didn't know in my circle or in my family culture, anyone doing. And yeah, so that choosing and that choice was really the first thing that helped kind of everything else flow and the decision started to just become easier and easier. Put my house on the market. I worked out a bit of a plan around, you know, business. Who would I succession into my role when I left? Like I even knew who I was, who was going to replace me. Turned out it was going to be my brother <laughs> and he did end up taking my job when I left. Um, and yeah, I just worked on all the little steps in the background, um, left my house, moved into an apartment with my brother and really started to focus more on my personal well-being because I knew that that was critical to surviving a life of Australia on my own. Like I definitely had fear around it. It wasn't that I was fearless or anything like that. It was that I just had to put my big girl pants on and make a, a big fucking change or, you know, I was going to be so far into a black hole of wasn't going to be a black hole of my choice yeah so yeah. That's amazing. yeah that's kind of how that really started I guess <laughs> that's beautiful and like what a change to make in a circle that isn't doing any of that like yeah. you had no support and you just had probably people looking at you just being like what are you doing are you crazy yeah that yeah. that takes a lot of courage and that's amazing yeah. and then going out into the wilderness by yourself it always seems so easy and then you get there and you're like nah this is horribly hard (laughs) even with the luxuries of a caravan (laughs) yeah I even think um like the mental side of that as well when you travel on your own like I always knew like I've been single for a long time let's be honest I've been single for a while but um actually when you're so distracted by work and friends and family and that sort of thing and you're at home you don't really notice that you're by yourself but when you take yourself out of your regular environment and you go somewhere else you very quickly realize like you are very much alone and you have to deal with yourself and sometimes that is the hardest part is dealing with yourself you are your worst critic you set the highest expectations for yourself. You are the quickest person to judge yourself, all of those things. And, um, you know, you really have to sit with yourself for a long time. Like a year on the road on your own is a long time to sit with your own thoughts and yourself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. What um, what were some of those thoughts that you have? I'm sure some of us have the same thoughts, so I would just love to know. 
Oh, look, I remember thinking within the first six weeks, I'd only made it as far as kind of like New South Wales and was thinking, no, I've got to go home. Like, what the fuck have I done? What am I doing? Who do I think I am to just throw it all in and, you know, travel around Australia? Like, how am I going to have friends when I'm on my own? And everyone in the caravan parks until that point had been like, grey nomads they were all like people in their 60s and they were aggressive towards me like I had a lot of people that were like how did you get to do this when you're so young and they were angry at me they were like well fuck we're doing until we're 60 but it's a choice and I paid the price like I worked hard to be able to afford to get on the road and my mental health took a toll because of that so yeah it was really interesting to see people's responses to me as well when I was like pulling in places and I wasn't the usual demographic. <laughs> um, thoughts of you can't do this. Like, who do you think you are? Like a bit of an imposter syndrome, I guess. Um, didn't feel worthy enough of being there. Felt guilty for not working. Um, I actually didn't work for five years after um, leaving my job. So until obviously starting my own business, I didn't actually work. So uh, I lied. That's a lie. There was... A couple of weeks I worked in the caravan park in Broome. That was just because I wanted to stay there and it was kind of like a bit of an exchange for rent. So <laughs> um, it didn't feel like work. It's not That's like a cool thing to find, yeah. 14 hours, you know, in in a sales office. Um, it was a little bit different. So, um, yeah, it, there was a lot of those thoughts. There was a lot of those thoughts around, yeah, who, who the fuck do you think you are doing this? Like, what the hell? <laughs> I don't blame you. I can't even believe that the grey nomads did that. I've I've only found like lovely people. But to be fair, some caravan parks are a bit toxic. Yeah. <laughs> but potentially like you were meant to find or like not not find your people yet so that you could be alone, so that you could process everything. I feel like that kind of like maybe in hindsight, does it feel like that? A hundred percent, a hundred percent. You know, I always say that what I thought I was looking for on the road, um, you know, like I couldn't even, I couldn't even tell you what that is, but what I thought I was looking for wasn't what I found. Mm-hmm. What I needed to find and what I did find was myself, like a hundred percent myself. And the more I sat with myself every day and my thoughts and I journaled and I started practicing yoga, that's really where my yoga journey kind of, you know, came back. I dabbled in yoga a little bit before at some retreats and things and that had like huge effects on me at the time, but I wasn't a regular practice of um, student of yoga until actually I got on the road and I was using an app and I started practicing yoga every single day and it calmed me like immediately and I couldn't function any day until I like got up done yoga had my coffee journaled for a bit about my thoughts just to get them out and so for anyone that doesn't journal currently and finds it really hard to journal I literally just resonate with calling it a brain dump, just getting my thoughts out of my head and onto paper because then I could stop thinking about them. So the more I traveled and the more time I spent with myself, I was learning so much about myself, like on a daily, like even just setting and setting up and packing up my caravan, you know, some days where I was really frustrated about stuff, um, I could kind of giggle about it in the afternoon and be like, oh my God, why were you so mad? Like a, a bad day on the road is still way better than a good day at work and I constantly just kept thinking a bad day on the road is better than a good day at work and it was true like it could be worse I could have been at work I could have been 
the minority of the population that just puts up with bullshit that they hate just because they think they have to pay the bills, get a mortgage, buy a nicer car, like all the, you know, stuff that everyone seems to think is what the Australian dream is. Yeah, keeping <laughs> so, up with the Joneses, I hear. That's yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, that's really where my yoga journey started as well is is on the road and it 100% helped me find myself. That's beautiful. So is that one of one of the things that you did at the very start to to just change everything? Was there anything else that other than journaling, yoga? Yeah, really, really just being free and actually just um, starting to live every single day more intuitively, like not putting pressure on myself around, okay, cool, I'm going to get up and I'm going to do this. And still probably, I'm going to say for probably half of my lap, there was still a little bit of like internal pressure on I should be doing stuff because I have time. And, you know, if I have time, then that means that like, why wouldn't you do, you know, X amount of hours at the gym? Why aren't you skinny and fit? Like you've got the time. Like, do you know what I mean? Like there's lots of those other extra pressures that come. And again, they're all coming from either society, but then they layer up and you put that pressure on yourself. So I ended up having one of my best friends hit the road not long after me actually and her family and her husband and everything were travelling with her as well. And I'd come out of a phase where like before I hit the road, I had a gap of about six months between quitting my job and, and getting on the road. And because I was so not used to having time on my own and, again, not only having time but being by myself because everyone else was at work. All of my friends were at work. My brother, who was my housemate, was at work doing my job, <laughs> um, which I also felt guilty about. I had nothing else to do. So, like, before I left for my trip, I was spending three hours a day at the gym and I was smashing myself because I was like, you know, you've got to get fit. You've got to get skinny. And there was this pressure around what I thought a full-time traveler looked like, <laughs> which, again, is just bullshit conditioning and um so when I got on the road there was still part of me that was still like okay cool you should you should be fit you should be looking like a beach bay by now like all these things and actually if I look back I was fitter than I than I realized but I was so stuck in that um mentality the same as all of my friends at the time it was a very very superficial um in hindsight toxic kind of environment to be in and it's still very prevalent today, if not more, because social media has just blown it up so much more than ever. There's more, you know, sponsored ads than ever before. There's so much more that we are consuming from a content point of view that makes us think that we should be doing that as well. So really stripping back all of that and listening to myself in the morning, getting up and go, cool, what do I want to do? And I often would get up and be like, cool, there's 10 things I want to do today because I have got time and I can do them. At one point, my mum and dad were calling me Action Barbie because all the cupboards underneath the caravan had just so much equipment. I had a paddleboard, a snorkel, a boogie board, a fishing rod, like, and I still have all of those. <laughs> but I wanted to get up and I wanted to do 10 activities and it's just like so hard to fit it all in, even when you do have all, all day. Um yeah. But I really had to listen and learn to slow down, get up. What do I want to do? Okay, I'm going to have a coffee now. Cool. 
then what am I going to do after I have a coffee? I'm going to wait until after my coffee and then I'm going to decide rather than going, I need to do this, 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 and just fill the time. Just enjoying space was a, a big learning because I'd never had that before. So yeah, yeah freedom is just, mm-hmm. it's really quite hard to describe actually. Because if you say to anyone, if you had all day, every day to do whatever you want, what would you do? It's so hard to even think of what you would do. Because when you've got time, it feels like a lot. <laughs> yeah. yeah. When the answer is, I would do what I'm doing now, that's a good, that's where you reached a good point. <laughs> 100%. When you can get to that point of contentment, which we call in yoga, Santosha, um, <laughs> that is like, yeah, the bee's knees of living. <laughs> that's gorgeous. And how funny is it to say, or how hard is it to, is it to say that, like doing things slower and doing things you enjoy is a difficult thing like it's wild yeah yeah Yeah. it it, it sounds wrong (laughs) you're you're quite right (laughs) yeah but it's the truth yeah amazing I love all of that and then from there when your friend joined you on the caravan journey what happened um I found that a challenge as well because I had, I think I had very quickly learned a lot about myself and what I wanted and what I didn't want and like not subscribing to what other people want and that being okay too. Um, so that was, you know, something that I really had to start implementing was actually having some, some boundaries and voicing my opinion, which has always been a struggle for me since I was a kid. I'm from a large family. I'm the second eldest of four kids with, you know, quite an overbearing older brother. I love him to bits, but he's loud. He's always been the loud one. And I was always the quiet one. And I was always the smaller, more timid kid in our family. So my brother spoke for me and that, you know, for my whole life, I struggled to have a voice. So this was like the first time that I was really like coming into myself and going, okay, cool. You want to go and do that? You know what? I actually don't want to do that. So even though we've been friends for 35 years at that point, I was just like, no, you go and do that with your family. I'm just going to do this. And, you know, at first I'm sure she was taking offense to it because, you know, it was just one of those things. She was just like, what do you mean you're saying no to me? Like (laughs) she was always the more dominant friend and I surround myself and I have done since I was really young with bold women because they value people that have just different opinions. I've got tons of friends that have different opinions and I value the fact that their opinion isn't exactly the same as mine because it helps challenge me but this was the first time I was experiencing that oh wait she said no to me okay (laughs) now what and then they would be like oh well we can do what you want to do and I'd be like no you don't I don't want to be the people pleaser you don't have to do what I'm doing like that's not how that has to work um because I've been on both of those sides as well of being the people pleaser just going along with what everyone else wants to do um and I don't think anyone should have to sacrifice what they want to do because of me either like um so yeah that was really really different there was so many days where we just had the most amazing experience together um in fact her little um boy at the time I think he was three when we hit the road um he had just started drawing like families and stuff like that. And um, on one of his drawings, he had drawn the family and I was in the family portrait in his drawing. Oh. Um, it makes me want to cry thinking about it because it was so beautiful. And then I had to explain to him that I'm not family by blood. And they were like, but she has dinner and breakfast with us like every single day on the road. Like 
she's my sister. And they were like, no, she's not your sister. <laughs> what a beautiful so definition of family. So, <laughs> so gorgeous. No. So, yeah, um, that was a beautiful experience to share so many amazing things with them. And I, I would like to think that it did impact, like my change of thoughts did impact them as well. And I'm sure there were probably times that they were frustrated as shit at me. <laughs> because I had all the freedom in the world that they didn't necessarily have because, you know, they they were kind of living the same life. But I guess when you're in a family, you're also conditioned to what you think a family should do together and should look like. And so they were living that out. And that was also very interesting for me to observe, which I love observing people and people watching <laughs> um, in a non-creepy way. But it just fascinates me how, you know, different families live different lives and how they interact with each other um, and their behavioural patterns as well. And you can kind of see it all playing out when it's not you. <laughs> yeah. It's really cool that they travelled together. Did they, yeah. do you know, like maybe did they change something about their life when they went back to reality? Like were they inspired? Uh, I think initially, yes. Um, I can't say now. They're back in Melbourne now. Um, so I don't know how exactly they're living their life now. Um, but I think for, I think it it's a hundred percent something you will never forget. And I know that they think about it all the time. They still caravan. They still have their caravan as well. Um, and we still talk about caravans and stuff like that. I think they're actually just coming back from a trip now. Um, and they lived in Perth for quite a long time as well, even up until um, most partway through COVID uh, down South, but they're back in Melbourne now and um, back at work and their family's all grown up and that sort of thing. Um, so, you know, time has just gone so quick with COVID. Um, but I think, you know, anyone that does do, you know, some form of major life change, even if it's only like a short trip, like I've met so many people that have done like a three-month trip around Australia or overseas, that can't not have an, like an amazing impact on you. Whether or not people let that um, show on the surface is another story and how quickly they drop back into old habits. Again, that's another story and that's people's choice. I can only speak for me and go, it changed my life. And then learning yoga and all of that kind of life philosophy on top of that, how that's impacted me, I will never be the same person again. Like never, like I will never subscribe to that lifestyle ever again. <laughs> Um, yeah. And I guess that's different for everyone. So. Yeah. I love that. It does change your viewpoint completely. Like even I just did a week by myself in a caravan, just yeah. room and back. And it's just like, I guess it's the intention you go into it with as well, supposedly, but or I suppose, but, but it just changes you even when you don't ask for it, you just come back and you're like this, something doesn't fit anymore. Or you have to change a little bit. And yeah. you're right, if they don't show it on the surface, that's one thing, but it will definitely change you under the surface. Yeah, absolutely. I always say you can be, you know, uh, book smart on life. You can learn all of the things. You can study all of the things, all of the behaviours, all the science, all the um, geography. You can study all of the things on paper. But if you don't have any lived experience in it, like can you say that you're the expert on it? Because mm -hmm. it's it's the embodiment of whatever it is. So 
you know, actually getting on the road, actually taking a night away camping if you've never been before. Like it's literally life-changing and don't underestimate how small of a trip or how small of a change it takes to actually impact your life, how you feel, your mental health, you know, how you show up in the world, how you um, appreciate and see others as well because all of those little experiences, they add up to who you are and, and who you grow into be. So, yeah, (laughs) you can sit on the sidelines and say, that's easy. You know, you just do one, two, three, and then you go to do it and you do one and you cry (laughs) and it's hard. And then you do two and you're like, oh, shoot. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. The reality sets in. Yeah, it's funny. Even now I look at things, I'm like, I can do that. And then I was just like, oh, okay, this is going to be hard again, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Love that. I think if if anything was easy, we probably wouldn't appreciate it as much. We wouldn't have so much gratitude for it. We wouldn't enjoy it as much. Yeah. And even the fun, easy things are hard. And that's just life. I love that. And then you moved on and you went to do yoga in India. How did you transition into that choice? Yeah. So actually, um, yeah, my training was in Bali um, in Indonesia. Um, But yeah, I guess... While I had been on the road and was practicing yoga by this stage, like every day, um, I actually had found other people. I'd met a few families and friends on the road and the wives were noticing me. I would do yoga on my mat out the front of my van every single morning. And in some places, especially Broome, I would, because it's so beautiful, I would take my map down to the Esplanade part right over the beach. We can overlook the whole ocean if, you're listening, never been, you need to go. Yeah, <laughs> One of my favorite places in Australia. Um, I would take my mat down there at, you know, 6 o'clock, 5.30, o'clock. And at, let's just preface here that when I left Melbourne, I would very much identify with not being a morning person in any way, shape or form. But when the sun was coming up at like 4 o'clock in the morning and 2, it was like 30 before 6 a.m. So I was getting up at 5.36 o'clock to go and do yoga. And these women wanted to come do yoga with me. And I wasn't a teacher then. I was just practicing it. They, I think, could sense my groundedness, my, um, you know, contentment within myself and my lifestyle. And these were women that were talking about going back home, going back to their old lives. And they were just fascinated with the fact that I had absolutely no intention by this point of going back. I had no idea what I was going to do, but I had no intention of going back. And so they started joining me for yoga in the mornings and they couldn't quite see because it was on like I had a little like iPhone 5S something like this puny little phone and you couldn't see and there was like five of us. And so they were like, well, you know what our classes are like. Why don't you just start instructing them? So I was instructing yoga and they were just following along. And I thought there's something more to this yoga thing and this yoga teaching thing so when I got into Perth which was um the 1st of December 2019 I thought I'm going to do that and I looked it up and the next available training that I found that was recommended by two people that I had done yoga with before um was in Bali and that was in February the following year so I've just booked in. I've never been so quick to book in anything in my entire life. Just didn't even think about it. I was like, I'm going to do it. And it was a whole month of yoga training. So I'm talking 28 days solid. We had three days off in 28 days. 
And every single day was from 6 a.m. until at least 6 p.m., sometimes until 8 o'clock, um, studying and practicing yoga for 28 days straight. And it was amazing. It was like, oh, like literally changed my life again. It was just like a whole another level. Like unless you do it, it's really hard to put into words. But the most incredible self-discovery journey I've ever been on. Um, so this was February 2020 and I went and did this training. I didn't know if I was going to be a teacher, if I wanted to be a teacher. I just knew I had to explore what was going on here with this yoga that was really changing um, who I was, how I felt. My anxiety was extremely reduced on what it had been prior. And the depression wasn't really a thing anymore. The anxiety was still a little bit there and the stress, I still had stressful times, but I didn't have the depression. I felt like on top of the world. I was still a little bit self-critical, but not depressed. And so I went and did this yoga thing and then I flew back into Perth 10 days before the first lockdown. Um, okay. and our yoga teacher training, we'd heard about this COVID thing and we just thought, oh, that'll never come to Australia. Proper, you know, first world country train of thought um, was that it wasn't going to hit us, wasn't going to come to our country. And then there it was, you know, I was 10 days back from my yoga teacher training and COVID, COVID was there and we were in lockdown. And at that point I had my caravan at my auntie and uncle's place. Um, I only have one uncle in Western Australia I don't have any other family that live here. And um, I was living in their backyard in my caravan for the five months that followed. Wow. <laughs> so that was extreme. You're a zen to like trapped zen in the yeah. garden. <laughs> yeah. Uh, honestly, if I hadn't have done come straight off of my yoga teacher training, I don't know that I would have been one of the people that made it through COVID. Yeah. Um, I think that I would have heavily struggled with that but because I had been given this toolbox of all of these things to manage life and do life with um, it 100% saved me and I would like to think that what I did there from then helped save other people too um, I started teaching yoga online on Facebook for free to you know friends back home in Melbourne um, through the pandemic every morning and it just gave all of us a purpose to get up for to see each other even though we were miles away from each other um just something to do together every every day knowing that it doesn't matter where you live we're all actually in the same boat yeah it's beautiful yeah. yeah i love that you had that opportunity to be able to provide that space for them yeah everyone yeah, was it was, it was fun it was yeah. yeah it was fun it was really good to also come home and put into practice immediately what i had learned which i never would have seen coming but um yeah it was a great experience mm. COVID opened a lot of doors for that so that was that was really interesting uh, yeah. I love that you got to jump headfirst right into the online world amazing <laughs> and so I guess what were some of maybe the tools that you got to bring back that helped you through that those like five months did you guys do five months here in lockdown or it was just um so WA had its initial lockdown was five months um the rest of Australia um, was way more severe, particularly Melbourne, where all of my friends and family were. That was like brutal for them. Yeah, I was. Um, <laughs> yeah, so here we had um, 
five five months initially, um, and we were in and out of lockdown a few times. But yeah, that first five months was probably the hardest. Um, a few things that resonated with me, obviously practicing yoga every day, which you know essentially, um, you know, I like to liken it to just a moving meditation. It would physically keep my body moving, keep my mind calm and at ease and very grounded, like knowing that I was safe, I had everything to be grateful for, I wasn't at risk, um, those sorts of things. I had somewhere to, you know, put my van. Um, my family were putting meals together for me every day as well. Like I spent so much time with my auntie and uncle, which was amazing because prior to that, I didn't really know them as an adult, I didn't know them that well. So that was an amazing opportunity to spend with them. Um, but definitely other tools that I used was obviously, you know, meditation, um, breath work uh, throughout the day as well. So probably recorded meditations were really important to me. So I had had some teachers um, record meditations in our training and I was using those frequently as well as just sitting in silence and knowing that it was okay to just be myself. Um, and then I really started diving into how can I create, you know, a business from this. Um, and that really helped as well as starting to get into the research side of things on running a business. And yeah, I was doing a, um, a few creative things as well, which I just love and keeps me occupied. So I was designing like slogan t-shirts and stuff at the time, which isn't a thing now in my business, but it was then. Um, <laughs> And I loved it. <laughs> uh, I just, you know, had no idea how to market it at that point. <laughs> um, They're a lot harder to market than, than people think. Yeah, 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 it's a flooded industry. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was definitely practicing. Yeah, all of the all of the things from my teacher training. So yeah, not just the meditations and the um, the physical practices, but you know, the philosophy side of things as well, knowing that like, yeah, I I could just sit on my own and be content and, you know, thought it was all going to be okay. I just needed to be confident in who I was, that I was safe, take gratitude in every single day that, you know, I was healthy, I was able, I had a roof over my head and food, you know. <laughs> yeah, there's it a really lot of gratitude going around. You, know, you try and think of other difficult, difficult things or something fancier to say, but that's that's really all that that got me through was was the teachings and knowing that I was okay yeah that's beautiful um, did um do you have maybe a tip or something because if you were there sitting there and you're really inspired about your business was your mind like going racing and how had all these beautiful ideas in it like do you maybe have a tip for people whose minds are like that to ground yourself and to silence that a little bit for meditation as I feel like it's so hard to break through that wall <laughs> Um, I think if you're in a really inspired state, I think um, you don't necessarily need to silence it. I think you need to work out how to channel that and how how to unpack that because yeah. the thoughts are there for a reason, right? I mean, some of them are made up stories and especially if they're like coming from a place of lack or they're a limiting belief. But if you're in an inspired state and you've got like all of these ideas, it's really about unpacking that and going okay cool how what are which ones of these are viable which ones am I skilled enough to do if I'm not skilled enough to do them you know how do I actually get the skills to make this become a reality that sort of thing as well um you know it's really about unpacking that into 
a way that is workable. <laughs> um, definitely journaling or even just, you know, you can take away even the journaling word. It's just really writing it all down or um, mind mapping it to that degree as well. Like I knew at this point, I never wanted to go back to my former career. And at the time I thought, okay, well, that's all I am capable of doing is that career. That's all I've ever known for over 20 years. But actually all of those skills translate into other things. And I didn't realize that at the time because you just immediately think, well, if I don't want to be in retail, then I'm not qualified in anything. But actually when you unpack all of that, there's leadership, there's coaching, there's you know, all the sales, there's all the marketing, all the administration side of things, all of those skills translate into other things. So when you've got that mind going of, I've got this idea and this idea, and I had that, I would literally just get like a big piece of paper, list all of my skills, list all of the things that I loved doing as well. That became very, very um, big for me to work out what I wanted to do was list all of the things I loved and all of the skills and see which could cross over and what business that would make. Um, and I guess that's how I ended up coming into, I loved um, events and planning and that sort of thing as well. So I did a lot of events for friends and family back home. I ran conferences for hundreds and thousands of people in businesses. And I always loved that kind of event organizing type thing. And I've even sent some messages to people that um, I knew and loved and that knew me really well. And I was like, cool, can you remember a time when you saw me really happy? Like, what was I doing? And three out of five people I sent that message to, one of them was my mother and she was like, are you okay? <laughs> are you okay? I was like, just ask the question. <laughs> um, but three of the people immediately came back and went, this party that you organized, this hen's party that you organized, this baby shower that you organized. And I was like, okay, cool. You know, they could see that that passion was there for that as well. And then, so on paper, when I had in front of me all of the things that I loved doing and from traveling and um, whatnot to all of my business skills and how I could merge them into a business was starting to make sense that, you know, perhaps something like yoga or adventure or whatever would translate into a business for me. And I literally just had to keep, working through that just keep going okay this idea that idea how would that work what would that look like how much would it cost have I got the skills to pull it off um what space would I need you know those kind of things so yeah I don't think it's necessarily about um ignoring those thoughts because they're there for a reason <laughs> I think it's unpacking, unpacking it but definitely getting it out of the head and onto paper like anything like any thought even if they're you know bad thoughts, good thoughts, whatever, um, just getting them out of your head and onto paper, it helps to see what's actually going on. Yeah. I love how you did your own market research. It just naturally <laughs> just asking other people about it. Yeah. <laughs> it's genius. Yeah. Def definitely like just get it out of your head and then maybe meditate and visualize on it. I suppose. Yeah, 100%. Wrap it all together nicely. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You've got to believe that you can do it and you've got to be able to picture that it's possible. You've got to be able to visualize that. What Okay, what does this look like? Otherwise, it's not possible. If you can't picture it, you can't expect other people to, you know, believe in it and buy into it either. Yeah, exactly. And one of the coolest things I learned about visualization recently was that like all athletes do it, high level athletes do it because they can't train their bodies as much. So they just yeah. train their minds and it's just yeah. like, oh, how powerful is the mind? It's amazing. Yeah. 
<laughs> love it so much. Um, amazing. So was there like a moment, like a turning point there? I guess that would have been it, you building up towards it. Was there a moment where you started to really like trust yourself and, and just kind of be like, all right, I've collected all the data, I've learned from everyone, and now you're like, okay, this is how I'm going to move forward as as myself, as my business, and just with my own power? <laughs> yeah, I think with the business, it's... <laughs> Again, it's like one of those constant like evolving things because you you still have those negative thoughts even if you like really believe in your mission or really believe in your product or really believe in your service that you want to, you know, offer. Um, you're still going to have moments of doubt and you're still going to have, you know, a big hill to climb. Like, you know, it's not just, oh, I'm going to I'm going to run a business now. Bang, here it goes. Um, there's such a journey and such a process to get there. But I think if you know that 100% deep down, like, and I'm talking not surface level, but, and not listening to noise outside of you, but 100% listening to your own heart and know that it aligns with who you are, it aligns with your mission, that you can actually see yourself doing this long term that it's not just a you know you're not here to dabble in it you're here to actually bring this thing to life then all of the how works itself out it's just literally putting one thing in front of the other one foot in front of the other one step at a time to get there and you might have like a list as long as both arms of going okay well I need to do all of this but just taking every single day as it comes just do one thing. Okay. How does that feel? Exactly the same as my lap around Australia, waking up every day going, cool, what is the next most pressing thing that's going to help me move the needle on this? Okay. Well, I'm going to go and do this. Okay. Yep. And it might be, I'm going to register my business name today. And then like that to me was the first time I was like, Oh, this is real. This is happening. I just registered a business name. <laughs> um, you know, now I've just renamed my business. So I've registered another one, but that was a big turning point for me. This was like, okay, this is not going to be a hobby anymore. Like a hobby is I'm interested in this, but I don't have any clients. This was, I have a business now and I, I'm going to help people and this is what I'm going to do. Um, the belief has to come from within. You can't get it from external. Don't get me wrong. It really helps when people want to celebrate and support you, but you have to love yourself and believe in yourself enough to make it work because relying on other people, trust me, when you really, really need their help and really want them, they're not going to be there you're the only person that's going to be by your own side the whole time or with you the whole time. So, um, yeah, I guess just putting one foot in front of the other and everything is figure outable. You can just, you know, if you don't know it, you can learn it. <laughs> yeah, it's you, know, you can get someone else to do it. <laughs> you know, yeah. 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 I love that. It, everything is figure outable. And and just, yeah, everything evolves. And I, it is just really important to check in. I think even just like monthly big check-ins or like we did the recently 10-day check-in and we're like, holy shit, we're moving so much forward um, <laughs> at a time. And just, and it is hard because you do get lost sometimes not knowing what what is your thoughts or what is your like vision of your business and sometimes you gotta just check back in and be like do I really want to go through with that or am I doing it because other people outside of me want me to do that or because I think that's the should that I should move toward <laughs> yeah and that that is what causes that like friction and that depression probably 
maybe the one that you had in corporate, but it does cause like a heaviness and then you just start start feeling like your business isn't your own and that's when you go pivot. So yeah, you're right. It is yeah. a growing process. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I think if you do listen to too much external noise, you'll very quickly end up off track. You know, shiny objects syndrome is a real thing. You see other people doing all these fancy things over here, but, you know, you've got to walk before you can run sometimes. And even when you walk, you're still going to trip over. You're still going to have these little bumps along the way. You're still going to learn these lessons. And and you've got to be there for that as well, because sometimes they're when you look back, they're the moments that have the best stories. They're the moments that cause you the greatest success or the biggest laughs or, you know, the biggest aha moments. Um, so, yeah, you can't be in a hurry for all the things. You've got to experience all of it. Yeah, it's really hard when you have all the ideas and you're like, I have oh, all yeah. the skills all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah, I'm a, a manager in here. I get it. All, all the ideas all the time. <laughs> yeah. My projector and I still sit here and I overthink and I'm like, I have all these. Oh <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Awesome. So your business has evolved now from House of Harmony Yoga to Harmony Jade and you are doing, what's your next program that you're doing? So I'm, as we, as we speak, um, I'm about to launch my first ever online program, which is called the high performance hive. Um, we will be going live, um, depending on when this is, um, but I'm super excited for that. So I now actually, um, focus more on create, helping women create a high performance life. And that's not just business. It is for, for life itself. So, you know, having a bougie looking life and actually embodying a life that brings you joy and literally creates a better quality of life in your health and your wellness is yes, they're different things. So I really want to help women create a better quality of life for themselves, have more fun, realize that they actually can have freedom if they want it. And freedom looks like different things to each person as well. So just knowing that whatever that is for you, it is possible. You just actually have to believe in it. You just have to choose that for yourself. Um, no one's going to come and pat you on the back and say, go and do this. <laughs> um, it needs to come from within for, from yourself. So now I'm really focused on um, helping coach women to live their best lives, which just it lights me up so much. Like I just can't even explain. It makes me so, so happy when people make these little changes or these big changes, whether it's careers, jobs, um, you know, maybe travel or whatever, whatever it is, I'm, I'm there for it all. Um, but I also run epic yoga retreats. retreats. So um, I'm really excited to bring out six retreats this year. I have a mini series um, called uh, Explore, Expand, Elevate. And that's the first one of those will be at the end of March. Um, so you can come to one or you can come to all three. Um, and then followed by a weekend away and a trip to Bali, which I'm super excited about. It'll be my first overseas trip um, for my business this year. And, um, yeah, so you can epic. <laughs> I feel like that just echoed, but that's epic. <laughs> awesome. Oh, I'm so excited for you. You've done some incredible things. Like, I've been watching your journey since I was in Darwin, so, like, like years, <laughs> year probably now. <laughs> And now we get to hang out here in WA. It's beautiful. Yay. Yeah. 
Love everything about it. Um, is is there like a piece of advice you or an inspiration you'd love to leave everyone with, help them continue their transformation growth journey? That would be so appreciated by the, the audience, I'm sure. Yeah, look, I just think at the end of the day, when you're feeling like the most stuck possible, like you feel like there's no other choice, I promise you there's still one more choice, <laughs> at least, if not a million, but that the choice just gets to be you. You just get to choose yourself. So, you know, if you're put in a bit of a predicament where you're feeling like you have to choose between friends, family, career, you just need to choose you. And when you choose yourself, the rest of it will all come. It'll fall into place. You've just got to choose again and make the choice in favour of yourself. Um, Yeah, I hope that resonates. (laughs) Great advice. That resonates with me for sure, yeah. Oh, beautiful. Thank you. So uh, where can people find you on the internet? I'm sure they're going to want to look. You can usually find me on Instagram. I hang out there probably more than I'd like to admit. (laughs) Um, So I am harmony double underscore jade on Instagram, where you can check out my new website, which is phenomenal, um, which is www.harmonyjade.com.au. And um, yeah, check out all my offerings on there. So you've got my coaching on there. We can coach one-to-one or in the group and get into the next round of um, the High Performance Hive, as well as um, very much encourage you to jump on the wait list um, if it's not live yet for all of our epic retreats. It's going to be such a vibe in 2023. Yeah, I'll be at your mini retreats, that's for sure. (laughs) <laughs> I want to have you, girl. Oh, love it. Yeah, I'm so excited. Uh, lovely to have you here. And I guess we'll just wrap up there. And I hope you have an amazing day, girl. Amazing. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you got some gems out of her story and out of what she shared and what we talked about. Uh, if you're feeling burnt out right now, I hope that resonated with you. And I hope it's lit you up in some sort of way. She sold everything and changed everything quite abruptly, but that still took time. And I just want to remind you that it's not, it doesn't all have to be instant at one time. It's, you know, one little change or one little step forward. It's like 1% better every day. That's 365% better by the end of the year. So just take one little step forward um, to a more, not even a new you, but a more expanded you a you that is 1% closer to their goal, 1% closer to feeling the way that you want to feel. And you're the only one that has to live your own existence. You're the only one that has to live your own life. So make decisions that align with you and make decisions that make you feel good. I think that's really important. So I hope you got something out of today. And thank you again. If something resonated with you in that episode, I would love it so much if you could do me solid. Take a screenshot, tag me on Instagram, put it on your Instagram stories, tag me, and tag Harmony, and let us know what resonated with you. I love connecting, so I can't wait to see you there. Please tune in to the next episode. I have the beautiful Carla Herschel on. She will tell you everything about how to live an abundant life, how to love your life now, and live in the present, live in the now. Such a good episode. Tune in and I will see you on that episode.